Does the world have expectations that you can't meet or you refuse to meet? Welcome to The Not Guide. I'm your host, Alex Berg. I started this podcast because after college, I didn't see a lot of people being open about making mistakes or fucking up after. So I felt isolated and a loser because I felt like that. And I'm done feeling that way. So I'm going to tell you how it is while doing it the most terrifying method possible for me. Being vulnerable. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get real. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know there is a Gilmore Girls spoiler in this episode. Hey everyone, this week we're going to be talking about escapism, and I am so fortunate enough to be joined by Zandra. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah. So I have so many questions. What, how are fictional characters helping you or helped you after college? Fictional characters have helped me after college the same way that they've helped me my entire life, where especially growing up, it was so helpful to get to know someone in a book, even if they were a fictional character, someone who I could relate to. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't seeing, if I wasn't meeting kids who I could relate to in some ways in my own world. So for instance, reading about Hermione Granger and having a fellow young woman who cared about her schoolwork as much as I did, that was really valuable to me. Reading about Rory Gilmore or watching Rory Gilmore who wants to wear her headphones at the lunch table. I would have totally sat next to her and done the same thing. So what is escapism to you? Mm, I have trouble with the word escapism because it feels passive. Mm -hmm. It feels like sometimes when I'm reading about another character, about another world, I'm not escaping so much as I am empathizing. Okay. I find it helpful to get out of my own head and into somebody else's experience. And by caring about what someone else is going through, I am able to see the greater perspective of things outside of my own, my own problems, the own, my own things that are stressing me out. So it gets you out of, um, as you said, out of your head, but also so you don't think about it in that moment for a while, so then you can come back with it with fresh eyes? Yeah, it's sort of like having a conversation with a friend. Oh, okay. Where I get to see what somebody else is going through. I'm like, distract me with what's going on in your life for a little bit. But then in, at the same time, I can't completely let go of what I'm experiencing, and that becomes wrapped up in whatever... I'm reading about or whatever I'm watching on TV. So do you believe movies and media help with that? Or do you think it's like all different types? What do you mean all different types? So there is like movies and films, but do you think, and books, of course, but do you think it's sometimes even in the most outlandish little things like a writing prompt or one little daydream and that can still do the same thing. You mean if you're from a creative writing standpoint, if you're creating something? 
yeah, any of those, any of those methods of creativity are, are a way of figuring out your own world. Mm -hmm. And I think what I've learned is that it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be official or it doesn't have to be critically acclaimed. You can learn something from everything that you enjoy for fun, whether it's a reality TV show or a classic novel. And the fact that it's something that you've gripped onto, mm-hmm. if it's important for you, then there's something to learn from it. And there's something to discover from it. If we can only get past that feeling of guilt for, am I wasting my time watching this TV show, for instance? Yeah, I love that. How do you get rid of that guilt a little bit? Well, it helps to it helps to practice what I preach to remind <laughs> me that I I teach this and if I'm feeling guilty about watching something, I ask myself, is it harmful? And if it's not, then it's not a guilty it's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. I think that's, I think that's something that's hard to define girl, or after college is what is healthy and what isn't. And I think you basically mm. in the best terms. So yeah. why did you select Unicorn Store and Mamma Mia um, to talk about today? First of all, thank you for watching them. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. I loved them. I I cried so much. <laughs> me too. Yeah, you so you asked me which characters have shaped me after college and I love Kit from Unicorn Store mm-hmm. and young Donna Sheridan from Mamma Mia Here We Go Again as examples of individual young women who are a little bit different, super creative, really adventurous, and are in that stage of figuring out how to live their own way in the world. And I also think it's nice to see that there's contrast in those films that even though, like, it's not the normal, they're not doing what everyone else is doing, and that's okay. It can yeah. be a little bit more of a comfort than, yeah, she believes in unicorns and she's going to get this unicorn and she's trying to get everything settled and everyone else thinks she's crazy, but she truly believes it. What's really beautiful about Kit is we see at the beginning of Unicorn Store, we see her facing academic rejection mm-hmm. for being herself. Right. And so she goes through this process of questioning whether she should just give up on being herself in its brightest, most exuberant, glittery way. If she should box all of that up, put it on a shelf and live a quote unquote normal life. And the film is about exploring how how much of her identity is safe to share and her figuring out how that identity fits in with the practicalities of adulthood and the ex- the expectations yeah. of adulthood. And she's really inspiring to me. Oh, I, I was like, I feel everyone after college goes through everything she's done, no matter why or when 
you've you've been in that work environment you've been in that home environment always yeah um, and for her coming out of art school as well it's yeah. there's this creative element to it of how does she fit in how does she fit her art into her work and into her career and it's a big question that a lot of artists think about that i think about all the time oh yeah a hundred percent um hundred thousand percent um and then mama mia here we go again oh my so what was really cool about this film for me i was able to relate to donna in the very beginning in a unique way that i haven't seen expressed on film before where donna and i are both americans who did our undergraduate degrees at oxford oh and what was, yeah what was really cool about donna is that for her, Oxford is depicted as an adventure. Mm. And that's exactly what it was for me, where I was heart set on going to this place because of the fantasy worlds that it had inspired, because of how magical the place felt. And it feels like that's why Donna was there too. And usually on film, we see if a character went to Oxford, it's just like a, a note that they're really smart. <laughs> Keep this in mind. Mm. They're, an intelligent person. So it was really cool for me to see that her academic, her college for her was another stepping stone on her adventure across the world. And we see her, we see her being successful. She's the valedictorian of her college. She's a literal pop star. Mm -hmm. And then we see the struggles behind that and we see how her music is her way of expressing herself and feeling all of her experience, the good and the bad. We see her singing as a way that she works through the duality of being really joyous and being completely heartbroken and how it's okay to be all of those things. Mm -hmm. I would, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, did you ever watch the Gilmore Girls the last season and when it came back? And did you identify with Worry too, or was that just me? <laughs> you know, I'm really happy with how her character came back in, yeah. in the sequel because it feels really realistic to how her character is set up in the TV series where she is met with nothing but glowing praise mm -hmm. from every angle, from her parent, her parents, from her grandparents, from her town, from her school. She's always the star. Right. Her town literally crowns her queen. Yeah. And then we see the consequence of this where she's not really ever taught how to pursue something she's just mm -hmm. and i i feel sorry for her because i think she's lost and she doesn't she's never had to learn how to navigate her career she's just done her homework yes and that is especially shown when she just shows up to a job interview and hasn't done any research hasn't like tried to sell herself at all and is just sitting there and 
she's like even the the employer is like what did you expect yeah doing here and at the same time there's this dichotomy of sadie recruiting her Mm -hmm. and she kept popping up and it's comical at first until rory actually shows up where she's being begged to come and like she's being um rory is the star and so she's stepping into that head of the parade role that she's used to being in all of her life and realizes oh there was sort of there were expectations but i don't know do you think rory learns honestly i don't think she does yeah I think the reason why I like Rory is because after college, I felt that lost. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think she's learned. And I think the whole circular motion of that character arc or that mimic mirror of Lorelai, I think kind of says about how much more she has to learn. Mm. because she has now she's um spoiler alert she's pregnant and so now she she's going to be is um just the new luke so she's got to learn all this different things than she ever would have learned otherwise yeah and it's an interesting comparison as we're talking about going to college yeah interesting comparison between the education that rory has at yale and the education that Lorelai has by being a single parent and having going to a new town and having the life experience mm-hmm. of having to figure all of this out on her own. Right. Yeah. Because where did Yale really get Rory? Honestly, I think just the baby and Paris. <laughs> I, I don't know what else she got from it at that point other than the fancy diploma on the wall. Yeah. Well... I love the discussion that mm-hmm. the sequel has has prompted in a way that we don't really see with a lot of these jumping forward to revisit older characters. Like when they did the five year forward in Pretty Little Liars, yeah. all of a sudden all the girls were just like at the top of their careers <laughs> or at least in a glamorous assistant mm-hmm. kind of role. They were all nailing it in the fantastical way that maybe isn't so relatable. Oh, yeah. And I feel... Fun to watch, but... Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast was because I feel like a lot of the times we just gloss over it and we don't talk about it. And it's... You're expected to be nitty and gritty for at least like three or four years after college sometimes, depending on the field. And we just don't really talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's no blueprint for it in the way that we're used to growing up of, and then you're in this grade, and then you're in this grade, and then you're expected to have this these qualifications on paper to earn you a college acceptance, or everything mm-hmm. is so linear and so calculated, and then all of a sudden it's not. It's and we're used to we're used to working in a linear fashion, and then there's no well, yeah, roadmap. I mean, we're always told what to do for the first like take this class to get your degree, take this, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Is anyone going to tell me I need to eat today?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> little things would help sometimes. Yeah, 
So what is the difference between escaping your everyday life and just taking a break? Hmm. It's a good question because this suggests the balance that yeah. it's important to strike. And I think I'm never really taking a break from my everyday life. Whatever I'm doing, even if I'm shifting the focus to someone else, yeah. I'm still... Sorry, um, I, have a, I have a fluffy visitor. <laughs> oh, your dog is so fluffy white. This is Snag. Oh my she's, goodness. She's trying to um, make me escape my daily life right now. Aww. Pet me instead. Yeah, she loves um, listening to podcasts. Oh, see, my cat only likes Sherlock Holmes. Anything with a British accent, he'll be fine. <laughs> but until then, he's like, nah. Amazing. Yeah, she... She loves violent movies. Oh, really? But yeah, but she'll listen to any podcast. <laughs> if it's live in front of her, if I'm on it. <laughs> of course. Um, should I start over with my answer to your question? No, we're going to keep this in. I like the dog part. <laughs> um, so back to the question. Do I need to repeat it? Yeah, remind me. Um, what is the difference between escaping your everyday life and just taking a break? Yeah, so I think it's important to shift perspective, to get out of the single train of thought that's going on in my own mind and relate that to the greater context of the world. So I was just watching Gossip Girl oh, again. Mm, I can't get and through it. What's that? I can't get through it. I after like the I can't stop watching it. Oh wow. Good so for I have you. the opposite problem. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I love that you always want waffles when you watch that show. Oh, this is true. Yes. Um and now I want waffles now. I'm sorry. But before that, um, early on in season one, mm -hmm. there's an episode where Blair is making a big romantic gesture to Nate. And Nate is realizing that his family has this hidden financial burden. And so he's really distracted and scared and stressed. And she is also scared and stressed because she um be, because she wants to make this gesture to Nate right. and and so she's really nervous about that but she's not listening to him trying mm -hmm. to share what's going on in his world yeah. and so she's interpreting his distractedness as disinterest in her right and likewise Nate isn't seeing her perspective and he is fixated on his own problems. And so there's this lapse of communication where we as the viewer can see what each of them is going through and can understand where this miscommunication is coming from. Yeah. But because they're stuck in their own world and their own singular perspective, they're not able to appreciate what might be going on for other people. They're not um, compassionate towards each other. Or they're not, yeah. 
and they're simply not listening. Mm-hmm. So I, is that the biggest difference is the listening part? Oh, maybe. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wrote an essay that I published earlier this week called audience member okay. where I came to terms with my role in the arts. When I'm going to the theater, I have a master's in theater and performance studies. I am a classically trained vocalist. I have all of this, all of these credentials. And so I was feeling really embarrassed and unsure about being just an audience member when I show up at the theater. But what I realized is that the audience is a really important role, not just to the experience of the performance, but also to the individual. It's so important to not be center stage all of the time and to be quiet and listen to other people telling their stories. A hundred percent. And congratulations on the master's degree. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I would agree. And I also feel like as, as an audience member, I think it puts it more um more value for when you're off of it because you get to see the audience reactions and i i don't know about you but for me personally like if i go and see a um i remember seeing oliver twist when i was little and that like ingrained in me and i did theater all throughout high school because of it because i loved it it just changed my life and there's little shows that Yes, you're going to see it, but sometimes you get to see the little kids or the audience's reaction that changes their lives. Well, on mm-hmm. you can't really see it. You can feel it too. I always feel that in the air when I'm, there's something about live theater and you're in this anonymous group of people in the dark and you yes. can feel the reactions as everyone has turned off their phones and we're just here, not pressing pause on a screen um, to go get more snacks. We're just start to finish. <laughs> yes. <live here. laughs> yeah. So the last question is, what is one thing you want someone to take away from this podcast? I would say get really acquainted with what you enjoy for fun and yeah. let yourself enjoy it. And it's okay to do the trial and error thing. Because you are. There's no way. You're going to try something for a month, hate it, love it for that month, and then change it. Oh, and the other thing I'll say about that is that trust that your lifelong obsessions will come and go. So for example, I love Taylor Swift, and I've just been listening to the new album over and over, and all of a sudden there are all these new interviews. And I feel this pressure as a fan to go and watch them all right away. But I'm not in the mood to binge that right now. And so I trust that I can be a super fan in my own way by waiting until when I'm really in the mood to catch up on all the new stuff. Oh, yeah. And there's so much. Like, I just started listening to the album and I'm like, on Spotify and there's things on Spotify too. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, this I'm I'm not going to look at this while I'm driving, but okay. Good. Well. Yeah, that too. Take that away from this podcast as well. Too. Don't save the the lover storylines on Spotify for when your car is safely parked. Yes. So where can my audience find you? 
You can find all of my work on heroinetraining.com. That's my website where I publish my essays, like the one that I mentioned. And I'm also on Instagram at heroinetraining. Okay. I'm not doing obstacle eliminator today because I kind of was like, this is more important. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. Same. Every week, the goal is to tell a story, a point of view, anything really that doesn't fit the status quo, the so-called American dream, but someone's truth and reality. Mostly it'll be me, but hopefully I'll get some interviews in here. If you get anything out of this, please let it be to be kind. With vulnerability comes assholes, but so much love also. So try to lead with the love. Okay, real talk over. <laughs>